Port Adelaide season is back on track after a big win against the Bulldogs. Sydney are now called Schweppes because they absolutely bottled it. And despite five outs, Essendon get a big win at Marvel over the Hawks. This is the True Footy Show. Hey, long road, took a tumble down this black hole. Stuck in Sunday League, but I'm on levels with Ronaldo. Plonkers, plonkers, plonkers. What is going on? This is the Drew Footy Show. I'm here with my son, Jesse. Starts fitting. Hello. Hey, Welcome Dad. to the Drew Footy Show. Thanks What's going on there, mate? Not a lot, buddy. <laughs> We're back for another episode of the Drew Footy Show this week. After the round dates, action. And Jesse, I set a goal at the start of April to hit 7K by the end of May, and we've done it. We got there in our breakneck speed. So what do we do when we hit a goal? We set a new one. 7.5K. By the end of June is the new goal. So if you haven't subscribed, because there's still a lot of people that haven't, Jesse, and it makes me angry, make sure you subscribe because it helps out the channel. Thank you. To be involved in the Drew Footy Show, head over to DrewFooty underscore on Instagram. Go on the stories, click on the question box. That's where we get the questions, topics, and quickfire steamroll questions for the show that you're watching. So go follow it up. For Bloke of the Week, Jesse, I have found him myself. I have found the Bloke of the Week. I was at the Dockers versus North Melbourne game on Friday night, and there's this fella sitting in front of me, donning a shaved head, all but the back of it, where he has a luscious, big, ginger, looking clean, I was going to say dirty mullet, but it does look like it's got a fair share of shampoo and conditioner in there. This is a bloke if I've ever seen one. When I first started up this segment, I wanted people to send in photos of blokes at the footy. This is a picture-perfect example of what I want. Jesse, this is a bloke, what do you make of him? Yeah, I mean, it's one of those serendipitous moments. You don't expect to go to the footy and see people you know, but sure enough, you sit down and Daniel Bush is right there in front of you. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see. <laughs> so, if you see any blokes at the footy like this big ginger-haired malarkey, send them in. But for now, ginger-haired malarkey, you are the bloke of the week. <laughs> the first Friday night footy game was Port Adelaide versus the Western Bullfrogs. And this was a bit of a, a revenge fixture for the, the Port Adelaide boys, Jesse, after having their pants pulled down by the Bulldogs twice last year. The context of this game being that the Bulldogs are sort of in poor form. Port are sort of coming up after two wins, but we didn't know how much to read into them. To show up on the national stage and get the win, it was massive. What do you make of the Port boys' efforts on Friday night, Jesse? Yes, well, uh, I I think they're probably my winners of the week this week, Druzy, in continuing the form that we, we both pick a winner and loser each. Uh, for me, I think Port Adelaide sort of resurrect their season with this victory against a team who now is sitting in a very, very similar position to Port Adelaide, a team we wrote off uh, three weeks ago. So I think to to get that third win, to be sitting three and five, they're alongside, but I think they're only percentage behind the Bulldogs now. Mathematically, they're in a much better position and this is probably their best win of the three, considering, Definitely. you know, West Coast suck. Uh, and against St Kilda, there was it was just a bit of a scrap. Whereas I'm, I feel a bit more compelled by this particular victory. Is, would you agree with that? Yeah, controlled proceedings from start to finish. We've got a question here from Rackers two thousand and three Jesse, and he wants to know: Has Port given themselves a glimmer of hope to recover their season and make finals? You know when you go to the airport and you leave it a little bit late, and then you're sort of running running through customs, and you're getting pissed off because there's people in front of you. There's teams like. These boys, probably Richmond, oh, Richmond are in now. But there's a few teams like the Bulldogs who are probably going to leave it a bit late. Do you reckon they can get their way to the, the terminal? I think they can, yes. Um, but I was looking at the top seven today and I feel like, I mean, it's very early to be ruling teams out, but I feel like the top seven are all teams I feel pretty comfortable will make finals. 
um, which mm. leaves that one spot which Richmond currently occupy. So, yeah, R- Port Adelaide certainly could make it, uh, but they'd have to overcome some pretty good teams in there. And uh, obviously, as we keep saying, they don't leave themselves much margin for error. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, the Bulldogs are in the same boat with that. Yeah, Richmond, Collingwood, Bulldogs, Port will all be fighting for that bottom end spot. Um, I'm going to give my winners this week, Jesse, to Essendon. After having such bad press early on this season, including myself, I was saying that they didn't know the fundamentals of football. I tipped Hawthorne saying that they would teach them a lesson in football fundamentals, but they just stayed in the game the whole time. And I think Hawthorne just sort of run out of legs in the end. And Essendon ploughed through for a massive win. Their fans were absolutely loving it. Hawthorne, it's a bit of a disappointing result for Jesse. And we do have a question from Bailey Hosson. He wants to know were the Hawks overachieving at the start of the season. Um, so, what do you make of the Hawks and Essendon's win on Saturday night? Well, Essendon—they—they, uh, they, I believe they've had this victory in them for some time. Um, I believe that they've desperately been underachieving. I did say that I thought, felt this would be a sort of game Essendon would bob up and win, and sure enough, it came after you know all the adversity of having five laid outs, and that seemed to galvanise them. So uh, it took a pretty good performance from Essendon to beat Hawthorne. I don't know if I would say Hawthorne overachieved because Port Adelaide did suck um, at that point of the season when they annihilated them. They've beaten Geelong, who Geelong have been up and down against. So I think that the reality is they're probably just going to be an up and down side this year, Hawthorne, like like a few yeah. others in that range. Uh, so it remains to be seen where the, the, exactly they sit in the, uh, in the pegging. <laughs> That's not right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. I get where you're going. Yeah, in the in the pecking order is what I meant to say. Uh, <laughs> so if they're going to continue to be this consistent, it's hard to um, find a final spot for them because you just listed all those teams that are battling for that eighth spot, and Hawthorne currently sit behind them. Yeah, it's so hard to be competitive week on week with the age profile that they have. Like these players are still trying to find themselves, let alone the role that they're trying to play whilst trying to develop together as a squad. Like when you're up at three quarter time it might be easy for maybe six out of the players, six out of the 18 players on the field to think, we're sweet, we're Gucci. And then it just takes a surge of momentum to over overrun a side. So yeah, still very early days in the development of the Hawks. Um, a bit disappointing for the fans, but it is what it is. Big win for the Dons. It is a little bit of a trend for the Hawks as well. Uh, we have to highlight they had a big start against Sydney, got the first five goals and then got run over. So for that to happen again against Essendon, there could be a little concerning trend here for the Hawks. I thought it would have been a little bit stiff, like a board, to leave out this team from being a winner. I'm going to give a bit of charity to Gold Coast this week as the combined winners of the week between me and Jesse. Because they've gone to the SCG to play Sydney, a side that have been touted as an early top four contender this year. Like last week, they were playing Brisbane, and the story was, are they a top? Are they like the top seed? Like it was Brisbane or Sydney? Who is it? And then Gold Coast just popped down from the coast, down, definitely down. Geography. We had this discussion last week, and they got the dub, the Gold Coast boys, and they've had two rough fixtures in a row. Collingwood at the MCG, MCG, MCG have been in good form and they played well in parts of that game but just got overrun on the day and the week before that they had Brisbane who are one of the most informed sides in the comp but they've actually been competing well it's not like they've just been like walked over so reward for effort as the saying goes good job Gold Coast you are our combined winners of the week but for Sydney Jesse it's El Stanko 
Yes, it's El Stinco de Mayo, as they say in Mexico for the Swans. Uh, it's not just this win in ice or this loss in isolation, rather. It's uh, it's the combined fortnight of um, losing to the Lions uh, fairly significantly at home as well. So when when you're sort of considering the teams sort of trying to entrench themselves as top four contenders in the last couple of weeks, we you know you've talked a lot about Fremantle on your channel. They've beaten Geelong, they've smashed North, and conversely Sydney, who are a team that maybe people had higher than Fremantle in that same fortnight. They've been smashed by another contender uh, and then, you know, losing at home to the Gold Coast Suns. So it's a critical four points to keep, to, to lose. Uh, and I think they're now two wins behind Fremantle, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah they, they need to lift. I think that the, the thing that's going to uh, elevate them from being, you know, a, a team with potential outside the four to a genuine contender is just not having lapses like this because they had a few last year from memory. I was speaking to uh, Heathy Sheehan, friend of the channel on the stream, and he just said, like, a few of the younger players who have been, like, playing really well just didn't stand up. And you can't really expect these young players, as we we're just talking about Hawthorne, like, every week to show up and carry the load. Unless it's Caleb Sarong and Andy Brayshaw and Hayden Young and Heath Chapman, but we can't all have players like that. There was a question here from Hey Brian. He wants to know, is Gold Coast a danger game for Frio? I reckon Metricon away is one of my least favourite trips to make in football. I just hate playing at Metricon because I feel like the the pressure is so high because you expect to win against Gold Coast because they haven't been a great side over the years. But it's just one that you can get pipped. Happened to Carlton a few weeks ago. Do you reckon this is a tough game for Frio considering Gold Coast have just come off a big win against the Swans? Not really, to be honest. Um, great. Just to pour water all over that. No, I, I get the logic. <laughs> I get the logic. I agree. Uh, Metricon is not a happy hunting ground, humping ground for West Coast. Um, <laughs> and I seem to think, yeah, they're not easy to, to beat there. Particularly now, they seem to be a bit more formidable than they have been in previous years. That being said, I, I can't imagine they drag Fremantle down to their level enough. And I'm going to go in with my losers really quick. I don't even want to speak about this game, Jesse. GWS are my losers of the week. I am sick to death of this side. Their inconsistency to show up one week and pump the Crows, show the quality on their list that everyone knows that they have, and then to go home, play at home against Geelong, and all of that star power, the flair, just everything that they had the week before is just gone. It's just lifeless, and I'm sick of it. This side has so much quality, but they can, they're just not consistent. They're a bunch of mugs, as far as I am concerned at the moment. For the GWS boys, you are the losers of the week by a horse's ding-dong. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it goes beyond just being inconsistent. I think they've just been consistently shithoused this year. Um, with, mm. with just the two wins this season. Um, I think one was against the Gold Coast Suns and the second one against Adelaide. The Adelaide one is the massive outlier there because Adelaide have played some good football this year. Uh, but the Giants, you know, there's there's no real reason they couldn't take it up to Geelong if, if not beat them. They, they It's not a match-up thing. They, I think historically they play well against them. Beat them in 2020 and uh, they beat them last year at GMHBA as well. So there's nothing about Geelong that should really intimidate them. Uh, but I guess Geelong maybe had to come out and make a statement. But yeah, you're right. You're bang on about their whole form this season. They sit two and six in the bottom four. They suck. Do, 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 do. Get ready for the quick fire steamroll. You have around 30 seconds or a little bit above just because of the latency issues that we have over Messenger Call to answer as many questions as you can from the plonkers on the Drupal underscore Instagram account under the question story fire steamroll jesse answer as many as you can to the best of your ability are you ready to rock and roll baby i am ready for my chinese delicacy the quick fire steamroll all right jesse 
We are off in five, four, three, two, one. Who wins a neutral venue game between Brisbane and Frio? Brisbane. Are Sydney still the top four team? No. Will the Eagles be wooden spooners? Maybe. Can Frio beat Melbourne? Yeah. Nice. Will Tim English come to the Eagles? No. Uh, two times five? Ten. Should Jack Darling be dropped? No, we can't afford it. MVP for Frio? Rachel. Nice! That was good. I think, let me count these up, but I reckon that could be a new record. Seven, eight. It's eight again. Oh. You got eight again. The only but one I was iffy about was... Nine, um, it's going to be a hot day. Yeah. The only one I was iffy about was uh, Sydney. I, st- I haven't made up my mind yet. Uh, Jack Darling? Was he suffice on the weekend? Uh, I think we are getting so few inside 50s that it's hard to appraise him and we cannot drop him because we have no players. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> Can't be dropped on the basis that there is no one to come into the side. That is quite literally the case. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go, ladies and gentlemen. That is Quickfire Steamroll. We'll see you next week for the Quickfire Steamroll. Now, mm-hmm. on to the rest of the games. Other games include Fremantle versus North Melbourne on Friday night. This was a party. I anticipated it to be a party, and it was. The Mexican wave was going, chants were going, and these two little kids run on the field in front of me. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen at the football. Like, Nathan O'Driscoll goal in the pocket where I sit. Great goal. Next minute, these two kids are running on the field. Bananas. It was crazy. But about the game, I was actually quite impressed with like how North Melbourne compete around stoppages. But as soon as it gets out of the stoppage... It's just a big wet fart for North Melbourne. But players like um, Jason Horn francis Taron Thomas, Cam Zerhar, like these are guns. These are real good players um, that, yeah, made an impact and beat Freo players in one-on-ones that I was very impressed with. Other than the first quarter, which we were really good in, we lost a bit of control uh, throughout parts of the game, which makes me think it wasn't even our best performance, although we did get a 78-point win at home, our first Friday night game since 2016. Jai Amos came in, kicked two goals, and I never want to see him get dropped, Jesse, because he is the highest rated forward we've had since Matthew Pavlich. Comes in, first kick, kicks a goal. Bloody and, harsh on oh, uh, Matt Tabiner. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. You just can't drop a kid with this level of potential. It's hard. Like when he when you watch his set shots on the weekend, both of them just went directly through the middle. Like one was from fifty and he kicked it into the crowd from 50, and then his first goal was just straight through the middle. Dead-eye Jai, Jai doesn't a miss. And uh, Brendan Cox and Hayden Young popped up for goals as well, which I found interesting. Like If we can keep a side in our attacking half of the ground, our defenders are having confidence to push forward and get sneaky goals here and there. So that just shows how much confidence we're playing with. Uh, it was a big win from the Dockers. What did, you, did you watch this game, Jesse? What did you make of it? I actually did watch it. Um, I thought Fremantle played very well. I, I've been outspoken about how much North suck, but you still got to be good enough to beat them by 78 points. I thought it was a very polished performance, and you can't expect to control a game for qu- four quarters. It's just not realistic. Mm. So it's all about just capitalizing when you have the opportunities and not conceding. And uh, North scored 24 points or something. The fact that they didn't outscore yeah. West Coast this round, um, you know, <laughs> that, that says a lot. So... 
uh, yeah, no, a good polished performance. So, um, yeah, and Jai Amos does look like a good player. North have been getting away with loser of the week. I reckon we're going to have to keep an eye on them to see how they go because yeah. they are well due a loser of the week. They literally uh, only Brayshaw. spared because of my club. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Brayshaw, three-vote game again. He's going to be right up there at the Brownlow this year and Will Brody continues to dominate for the Dokers. Uh, on to the next game, Richmond versus Collingwood. Didn't know how good Richmond were. I didn't rate them at the start of the season. And then they pumped West Coast last week. I was like, how much can you actually read into that? Coming up against Collingwood, who I've been very big on this year, I tipped Collingwood. You tipped Richmond, didn't you? I did. And it was a big win. Dusty back into the side. Bolton seems to be playing some good footy, like consistently, which was the issue with him last year. He'd sort of pop up for a game here and there where he'd dominate, but have games where he'd disappear. Um, But he's playing really well. Tom Lynch at the top of the Coleman. Still missing sitters but he's lively. You just feel like Richmond could solidify themselves in the top eight and have another run at the flag this year, I reckon, Jesse. They should. It's just these stupid little fortnights they keep having um, where they you know, lose to Adelaide. And uh, I forget who they lost to the week before us. Maybe it was Melbourne, so maybe I'm being harsh there. But uh, inconsistency is definitely the case with them. But I said this to you on the Drew Footy Show, uh, might have been last week, uh, and it sounds silly because we got rolled by 109 points, but I genuinely thought Richmond played really well uh, in addition yeah. to us sucking. Like, you still have to be good enough to put 165 points on the board. So uh, having seen a little bit of them against us, that's why I had the gut feeling they'd beat Collingwood. But who knows what will happen next week. I don't know who they're playing, but maybe they'll just get rolled just because we've talked them up. We will get onto the tips at the end of the video. Um, Brisbane versus West Coast. Queensland isn't a great place to play football. If there's a drop of rain, the humidity in the air doesn't allow it to evaporate, which is a crap game to watch. Um, And I think the rain sort of stopped you guys from getting absolutely pumped, although it was a better effort from from West Coast, only to lose by 12 goals instead of about 25. You actually held up down back a little bit better this week. The defenders played really, really well to their credit. Um, yeah, so obviously the context was we lost, lost by 109 the week before, and then I think we had like 10 to 12 new additions to our injury list after that game. Um, so obviously that, that's why all the, everyone thought we'd lose by 150. And I do think the weather, like people are talking about our tackle numbers being higher and stuff like that, but that was partly due to because the, the game was a much more of a scrap, so it was easier. So I think from a fan perspective, I think we've hit the minimum threshold for effort. You can't really fault them. But uh, that's only seen as a positive because we haven't hit that minimum effort for four weeks now. So um, it's something to build on. That's the way I see it. Build on a 75-point win. Hopefully next week you only lose by 60 against the reigning Premiers who won against St. Kilda. It's just exactly how you expected a Melbourne game to go. Get out to an early lead, coast home to a six-goal win, limit St. Kilda to 55 points. I mean, it doesn't get any more Melbourne than that. Do you have anything to add to that? I think that was a strangely engaging game. When you look at the score, it doesn't look like it was good, but I, I turned the telly on when it was 56-9, to nine, um, and St. Kilda like, heavily outscored them after that. Um, maybe, I think Melbourne got a few cheapies at the end to blow it out a little bit, but I thought St. Kilda played fairly well um, when you consider how good Melbourne are. Um, and, you know, Brayshaw and Langdon on the outside were fantastic. Uh, they're just a hard team to beat. So I think St. Kilda did pretty well. But again, I didn't see that opening quarter in a bit where they got mauled. Langdon is a lock for All-Australian. 39 touches, run 16 kilometres uh, a game, both ways, defensive and attacking. Usually pops up for a goal. I'm massive on him. It's good that St. Kilda and Sydney have both lost because it sort of just solidifies those top four teams. Um, we'll get another win, hopefully, against Gold Coast this week, which will just keep us in there for a little bit longer before we go up against Melbourne and Brisbane. 
Uh, the last game was Carlton versus Adelaide. Carlton had a bit of a lame period uh, when they lost to Frio, lost to Gold Coast, almost lost to Port Adelaide after being 50 points up. But now they're just pumping these bottom feeders, North Melbourne and now Adelaide. Um, and they're getting a bit of confidence back into them. They finished around in the top four. It was a big win. Mackay and Kerner had nine goals between them. Paddy Cripps keeps on what Paddy Cripps does. Probably another three-vote game. Colton could be back on this this big steam train that sort of stopped for the last few weeks, Jesse. Yeah, uh, this is funny what happens. Carlton are back in the top four because St Kilda have two losses in a row and, and Sydney, who we already talked about, dropped two winnable games. And um, yeah, Carlton are in the top four and they're six and two. So uh, they have been patchy, but again, like, that's going to happen over the course of the year. It's, it's just a moment in time. I thought they played really well today. I watched a lot of the game um, and I thought Adelaide played all right for the first half. It was just in the third quarter, they got swarmed by a team that is much better uh, better and more skillful. Um, and the, my takeaway from this game, uh, Paddy Cripps was amazing, probably got the three votes, but Charlie Kerno, that was one of the most yeah. impressive performances I've seen from him. Um, maybe it was the closest I've watched him, and I've seen him play some really good games, but he was a monster, absolutely unstoppable. So I think that he was even better than the score suggests. Not sure if many people are watching at this point in the video, but what did you make of the commentators in this game, Jesse? Because when I listen to Carlton games or Richmond games or Collingwood games, it sounds like they're about to spoof in their jocks anytime the team is about to kick a goal. I was having a sleep on the couch during this game, and Dwayne Russell, who I think was commentating, woke me up screaming at the at the bloody just commentating on the game. Like, is a commentator's job not to like be unbiased and just like comment on the happenings as they happen at the game? I don't know stuff like that. Just baffles me and annoys me a bit. I'd long been annoyed of Dwayne Russell's commentary uh, for, for that reason as well. We talked some absolute shit, to be honest. But uh, yeah, my theory is in their defense, I, I don't like commentators in general for all the reasons you just suggested, but I think they can get swayed by the cr crowd noise a fair bit. Mm. So like sometimes it feels like, you know, cut, we'll cut and what, get like eight goals in a row. And it was probably mm. like the, the ninth goal or the eighth goal in a row they kicked where, you know, Dwayne Russell's going nuts. So Maybe it's because of the crowd, or maybe he's just got no awareness of what's actually good. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> like, what's actually a good game? Yeah. It's a bit hard to watch when you come from watching, like, the Premier League, and mm. it's just, like, elite-level commentary describing the game perfectly to, Boyd's kicked a goal! Fuck! Yeah. 100%, 100%. Oh, Liam Pickett. <laughs> He's a good, good, special player. Oh, Cyril. <laughs> <laughs> AFL commentary. Hi me. Alright, let's go on with the tips. I only got Frio, Brisbane, Melbourne and Carlton. So I tipped Collingwood, I tipped Sydney, I tipped GW. Wait, why do I tip GWS? <laughs> I can't remember doing that. You must have hit the wrong button. You must have hit the wrong button. Wait, no, I think I you said it in the video. Did I? I think you did. Because you were like, ooh, they beat Adelaide by many points. Maybe. Anyway, never tipping GWS again. I'm 94th in my own competition of 109. <laughs> I've gone to shite in tipping this year, eh? That is so um, bad. <laughs> it, it's terrible. I've got 41 total tips. The top is Yeetison Peterson 2. Nice. 53 correct tips. Let's get into the tips then. Friday night's a tough one. Collingwood versus the Western Bulldogs. You just expect the Bulldogs to bounce back, don't you? Yeah. Or, I don't know. Yeah, that, like they've tough. lost... I've lost a lot of confidence in them. Um, yeah. There was a bit of adversity in this game. I think they had three injuries in in the game, and Bontempelli was rested. I'm going to tip Collingwood because they played St Kilda pretty well at Marvel. I'm going to back the Pies in. Yeah, I'll go the Dogs just to be different, but I feel like they will disappoint me again. 
So that's going to be the first one I get wrong. <laughs> Saturday morning, Hawthorne versus Richmond. This could be another bipolar performance. Both of Did these Hawthorne teams win this game last year. They drew. This is two of the most up and down, unpredictable to, uh, sides in the comp. I'm going to have to go with the form here. I'm going to go Richmond, but I am expecting yeah. any outcome in this game, to be honest. North versus Port. Port, come on now. Yeah. St. Kilda versus Geelong at Marvel. St. Kilda. That just all over for me just says St. Kilda win this. Geelong the, won last week. The the um the ESPN tipping says seventy three percent of people have tipped Geelong. That's whack. I am gonna mm. I'm gonna agree with you. I think I I think we should tip St. Kilda, but you know, Geelong are just a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah. So they'll they'll probably Hard just come out and win. SCG hosts Sydney versus Essendon. Sydney have had three home games in a row. That's a bit whack. Uh Essendon potentially back into form, potentially maybe. I don't know. This is usually a close game though, right? It is, yeah. I feel like these two sides play well against each other. I feel like Essendon play SC- the SCG well. And I feel like Sydney don't play the SCG that well. 93% of people tip Sydney, only 7% Essendon. I think there's a lot it's a lot more even than that. But I don't know if I am going to tip Essendon. I don't think I can back them in just yet. Yeah, so I'm going right. to go back in Sydney because they need a bounce back. Yeah. Adelaide Oval hosts Adelaide and Brisbane. Let's go with Brisbane. Should be an easy easy win. Yeah, they've the given Lions. us no reason not to tip the Lions. Yep. Frio should win at Metricon. Yeah, I hope. As I said earlier in this video, I, I can't imagine you losing it. And GWS versus Carlton. I'd love to tip GWS to beat Carlton. As I said earlier, GWS suck. I'm going to tip Carlton. <laughs> yeah, GWS are long gone from the side that beat Carlton last year, and obviously Carlton's improved a lot, so it's got to be Carlton. $13 if West Coast beat Melbourne. <laughs> is, it, is it $13? Oh, my God. It says 13 on mine. Can you imagine? 17 at one point can you, um, for Brisbane. Can you imagine the scenes if West Coast won? <laughs> I can't. You'd never stop hearing about it. That would be the biggest upset in AFL history if it did happen. Yeah, it's crazy. So Melbourne are going to win. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Melbourne's going to win. Obviously, I'm tipping Melbourne. Of course. (laughs) So I'll probably get all of those wrong. So it could be another upsetting round of football in more ways than one. My strongest argument for the Eagles winning that game is, can you imagine though? Just imagine, bro. Be lit. That'd be sick. (laughs) That's going to wrap up another episode of the Drew Footy Show. Make sure you like the video before you click off. And go check out Jesse's channel, True Footy, because he's on here every week and he gets nothing in return. Thank you for coming on, Jesse. I get great times and friendship. Wholesome. And drugs. We'll see you next week. Take care, you plonkers. Bye.